0: Hi, uh, this is Chris. Um, we're back with part three of the Surviving Straight podcast with Thespina. Or, I probably said it wrong, but anyway. Right, right. No, 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 no,
1: no, no. You, you do, it's perfect. Okay.
0: Um, this part, we're going to talk about how you slowly start waking up. That's what survivors call the process of kind of becoming aware of what we've been through. You told me you were dancing and you were waitressing up until about 1998 or 99. You're burning the candle at both ends. And then slowly the process started for you. What was the first thing that happened that started to trigger kids' memories? Uh,
1: For me, I think it must have been around 99. 99. I started, I heard public radio, and I caught it by mistake, because I used to play the radio, used to play music, but at some point I must have been looking around, and and suddenly I heard this woman talking about this protest that was going on in Seattle. It was the World Trade Organization was having a meeting there, and there was a big uprising of anti-corporate globalization activists who were there with Demands for the meeting and uh, this reminded me of oh yeah I used to be politically active like oh those are probably my people you know yeah, right. so, <laughs> it's like oh so I started listening to Democracy Now because uh, it it just it, it was like oh yeah these, this is the the stuff that I used that I was interested in before I went into kids who
0: you used to be it was a reminder yes
1: exactly it was right. a reminder of who I used to be like in terms of thinking about oppression and power structures right and the next thing I know the election in two well, what was that in two thousand yes. was a uh, Gore and Bush. And the thing happened with Florida, where the Republican operatives went in and they stopped the vote count, and they forced the Supreme Court to choose the president, which is totally unconstitutional, and it was supposed to be, they were supposed to count our ballots. You right. know? So anyway, I was really upset about this. And then George W. Bush was the son of George Herbert Walker Bush, who was the person who made my parents think that kids was okay. So the election so,
0: reminded you of how Bush influenced your parents into putting you into kids.
1: Yes. Because of that commercial. Conservative, this disgusting conservative ideology that made kids... That made it like a, a, you know, a household name almost. I mean, not kids itself, but tough love. Right. Like that whole thing was suddenly like very big, all you know, and then the public, and something unconstitutional had just happened. And I went to Washington to protest with all the other people who were upset about this really unconstitutional thing that happened, and. Uh, The bus that I was able to take was the Direct Action Network bus, Uh which was an offshoot of the Seattle Direct Action Network activists who were just a bunch of people kind of like me who were going like, hey, this is really wrong. Uh, These corporations should not be ruling us. We should be able to have representative governments instead of corporate rule so we should um and we should you you know we should count the votes so all those people were well not all of them but a lot of people all those all the people that were on the bus were people that believed in these things and went to that protest okay and uh they believed in direct action and being at the protest was one form of direct action and so i started um I became interested in social justice and working with the direct action network back then. And that, oh, but even before that, I think I had read Steve Hassan's book. The, oh, right.
0: The yeah. cult's my control. Yeah.
1: So I had already started thinking about kids as like this cult drug rehab, right. which I think I could tell being in it, but I, I didn't know that it actually was, you know, right. like, I could tell it was, but I didn't have any proof right. before the Steve Hassan thing, and Steve Hassan turned me on to Robert Lifton.
0: Okay, which we're going to talk about. Right,
1: which I, I'm getting yeah. ahead of the story. Yeah. So. Like, I had started becoming more awake about, like, oh, I was brainwashed with North Korean communist techniques. Right. And uh, the person that is uh, responsible for making money off of this is the president or the, the new president, who was actually a drug addict around the time that his dad was making those commercials. <laughs> you know, he didn't have to go to straight. He should have gone to straight, but he didn't have to go to straight. He got to talk to who was it? Billy oh no, Billy Graham. I don't remember. Billy Graham had a conversation with W. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, right. it's okay. He 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 definitely his, his butt should have been on a blue chair with the rest of us. But instead he was president. So um, yeah, that seemed really absurd to me at the time. Um So, I felt like I needed to be more uh, conscious and active in what was happening in the world around that time. And I also, yeah, and I was dancing. I was still dancing a lot at that point. And I mean, I feel like I slowed down my dancing in my 40s. So, this is still, what year is it? It's like early 2000s. So... He gets in, there's protests and there's also this protest culture that has been building up because Uh people actually outside of the United States and even in the United States had been protesting for years, which I had just found out that this had all been going on. And what they were asking for was that... They were saying that people were more important than profits. That's kind of like the bottom line: is that humans are more important than profits. Mm-hmm. If you were going to melt it all down to a, a three-word soundbite, right? So I decided that you know I agree with this. People are definitely more important than profits, especially being from coming from a place where because somebody was trying to make profits, they thought it was okay to to just. Uh, you know,
0: smash kids. You right. know. had <laughs> right. first hand experience of what it was exactly. like.
1: Exactly. Right. And then the towers went down because, uh, and I was in New York City, I was in the East Village, and I watched it from my rooftop, at least the second one going down. And the whole world changed again at that point. Yep. Because they had let George Bush have the presidency. I have a feeling Al Gore would not have attacked Iraq. Right. He wouldn't have had any reason to. George Bush was trying to get back at Saddam for messing with his daddy. Remember the, the right. Gulf War in 92? Right. Right. So anyway, so at that point, um seemed like direct actions had to take like it felt like it like doing like in the old days like if you did a direct action that caused mass arrests this would make a difference because people could do a jailhouse solidarity but you couldn't really do that anymore because they have built so many prisons that they could like move people to different prisons and not really mess up their system clog the system
0: okay
1: so jail solidarity doesn't make sense anymore okay okay Plus, we're in a police state because towers went down, New York City became an instant police state. So as an activist, a social justice person, you am like, okay, so what can we do? Art, <laughs> you know? So um, at that point was when the missile dick chicks came into my life. Right. It was February of 2003. The towers went down into to September of 2001. It's yep. like almost two years later. This is like the first big event in the city. Okay. Now, usually this event, it was the um, FC, mm-hmm. which one was it? World Economic Forum, W-E-F. Okay. And that's a conglomeration of economic interests that come together to make economic roles that are usually good for... People with lots of money, but not good for people who are poor. (laughs) So, usually this happens in Switzerland, in Davos, and it's been happening for a very long time. And the European activists are way more kick ass than us. Okay. They ski down the mountain to get into the (laughs) um, convention. They, they, pair of glide they do all sorts of stuff that we are just you know it's just we're not we don't have the resources to even think about things like that right but at the same time they come to new york we are allowed to have a protest new york city gives us a permit to do a protest and I choreographed a rocket line in the front of the protest. We had like a ch- giant Statue of Liberty puppet. And then mm-hmm. We had a, a group of New York City fake rocket people uh, protesting the war that's about that. Right. And while we're doing this, I noticed these other ladies who have these two-and-a-half-foot missiles strapped to their pelvic area. And I'm like, whoa. And they're they're, they're war whores. And they're, like, walking around being lascivious. They go, whoa. Back. Oh, I want some oil. You know, they were just being really... Um, they were bad, they were being bad, villainous, they were villainous. Okay. And I, I kinda liked the energy of the villainous action or the idea of being a super villain instead of a, a begging protester. Right, right. <laughs> so it felt like, it, it was really fun. It was, um, we, we uh, the, the missile dick chicks, were uh, purportedly, allegedly, a group of angry housewives from Crawford, Texas. They were all Republicans and, and high standing. And um, they were married to rich moguls, mm-hmm. oil men, uh, guys that um, were in the military industrial complex, You know, people like that. They were really into the red, white, and blue thing. red, white, and blue. And um, they went to college with George W. And uh, as a matter of fact, they were so close, they did cocaine with him in the bathroom. So they knew all about his past. So this became, um, this was a guerrilla musical theater activist, um, direct action that we did from... I did from 2003 until 2008.
0: You you said that it almost became like a support group for you, like supportive for you. And that kind of helped enable you to kind of go there with the kids' stuff. Because you had a support network suddenly that you didn't have before.
1: Yes, yes. And I I feel like the activists who were working on... um, issues that were happening socially that had to do with oppression and uh power um power structures that didn't work for you know vulnerable people i felt like the, those were my people because that's that's what i was interested in before i went into kids and definitely after i went into kids i just hadn't found it right until 10 years later and actually, the Missile Dick chicks, being all women, like there, the, the, like the, the idea, like part of the idea was like a, a Gorilla Girls ethos of you know not, you know it's not really about you the performer. It's it's really totally about your character. Right. So like it's like no ego, no professionalism. You know, you know, we we're not making money from this, you know, kind right. of thing. This is going to be, you know, true to the cause. But um, all those ladies, you know, they were there because they had been. They also were interested in the same things that I was interested in. And they were able to hear the story. And it was like the first time the story was heard by people who were like, oh, really? Holy shit! <laughs> you know? Right. Instead of like...
0: Instead of looking at you like you're crazy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. believed you.
1: Happened here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, mo- a lot of people think, oh, you were put into this place because you deserved it somehow.
0: And that misses the whole point.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the fastest way to shut me up. It's like
0: <laughs> it's not about deserving. It's about well, being nobody to treated
1: like that. Yeah, yeah. Nobody deserves. Nobody deserves it. <laughs>
0: right. Well, you you also mentioned somewhere along the line that you actually found Wes Fager's site. And, yes. And a list yeah. of k- kid survivors, something like that. Can you tell me about that? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, 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 yes. So I guess it was 95, 96. I was dating somebody who was making websites. So the whole dial-up modem thing was happening. And he was really into the internet. He got me excited about it. too. I don't know if I would say excited, but interested enough to eventually start doing research on it and um, I found I can't remember how early it was that when I went to Google and said right. Kids of Bergen County I don't exactly remember how early that was but it was pretty early because I bumped into West Fagan and the Kids of Bergen County North Jersey names
0: uh-huh.
1: and I uh, the its page, where survivors were talking to each other in a chat room. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Uh, <laughs> I didn't really spend that much time in the chat rooms per se, because there was they, they they didn't draw me in. There wasn't like there wasn't anything. There wasn't a topic that I went to where I actually went to a thread where I actually read a thread and it drew me into it. I kept looking for threads that might draw me in, but didn't really find anything. So decided that this was too much. Like I, I, the 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 format, what did it, didn't it didn't work for me. Okay. But then again, I like as I said, like my love of tech was peripheral. Not you know, it wasn't a deep techie. Like I right. know deep tech people would really get into the <laughs> the right. chat room. Right. Yeah. Right. But uh, I think I've always been a little bit of a lawyer in okay. in, in, in terms of online. So <laughs>
0: like, you would have been one that we called a lurker. Yes, kinda... yeah,
1: yeah, okay. yeah. I lurked, I lurked, I looked, and there wasn't anything I wanted to say. So right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, there was another thing that happened. You went back to school.
1: I did, but it was a little later. I think it was around yeah. 2005. 2005 2006 did something about school
0: uh, trigger? no kids? maybe it was
1: i think actually oh was it 2006 2007 2007 i think it went back to school yeah going back to school triggered a lot of kids stuff because uh a lot of the, it's adult learning. A lot of it ends up being online and individual learning, like, uh-huh. you know, doing your own reading and just a lot of writing. And it, um, I hated being told that I had to put my, ex- express myself in this particular style in order to be heard.
0: For writing. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes perfect sense.
1: So it was really hard forcing myself to do it. That's exactly what
0: kids did.
1: Yeah. But yeah. And the thing is, like, I didn't used to have a hard time writing. You know, before kids, I was, you could almost say that I was an aspiring writer as well as dancer because I I wrote poetry and I wasn't afraid of words. No, you you write well. Thank you. And that was like me pulling my teeth to get words out. Like <laughs> it was like, I mean, I felt like I had to sit with all these demons who were at me the whole time that I was trying to write. And uh, it was horrible. I mean, it was really horrible. I had my partner at the time was really kind. He, he definitely listened and tried to keep me on task. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. You know?
0: And then... And then 2010-ish is when Facebook came along.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think I started participating in terms of uh, communicating, you know, actually typing into the the conversations more. Right. But my my tendency is still to be like an observer type because I, I think I've always been that way to begin with, uh-huh. you know? Do you... Um- and- Yeah, I mean, because I moved eight times, so every year I had to observe what was going on before I could figure out how I wanted to participate.
0: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) like when you were a kid, you mean? You moved around a lot? Right. No, that makes sense. Um, uh, What was I thinking? I forgot. Oh, do you think the survivor groups have helped you? I mean, even if you're just reading along or whatever, do you think reading all that, you know, a lot of it's acknowledgement, you know, people that get it, that kind of thing. Do you think it's helped you?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. I do. I do. I do. I feel like before all that stuff, I felt really alone, Mm -hmm. you know, and there is something to knowing that there are tens of thousands of people, actually, that have gone through this shit. I mean, there's like the straight version, Places, the Lost Version places, the Sea uh-huh. places, the Wilderness Boot Camp places. There's this whole other section I didn't even know about that I just saw up. What was it Larry Owen or somebody started a whole other thread a little further over on the side with the wilderness stuff? Oh I, yeah, I only know about. There was a whole other. Th- Thread over there that i you know, and then the, those are the ones that are privatized. We haven't even looked at the ones that are funded because in Canada, kids was funded by the governments.
0: Yeah, it's called AARC now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other can of worms. All the other programs that it never, yeah, runs. but we're,
1: we're, we're all kind of victims of the same kind of corrupt. No, you're not trying to help us. You're right. just trying to make money, motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry. Note,
0: we'll go. We'll switch gears and we'll go down that road because you yeah. wrote about it. Um, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna go back to that article again. You, when you said you had a hard time writing it, you did, and it turned out great. Um, I, I will put a link when I um, post your podcast. There will be a link to it so people can read it. But what you did is you weaved your research in with your story. And I thought that was fascinating. How did that come together? I mean
1: Well, I like basically when I went back to school, I went I, I'm I'm I could say I'm still a student at Empire State College, which is one of the state universities of New York. And this particular school is for professionals. A lot of people who went after high school became professionals and are going back to get their degree. So they have done an entire life before you went back to school. So you get credit for your life stuff. So basically, I I was entitled to 98 dance credits for... I danced with over 30 choreographers, Uh you know, right before I even went to school, (laughs) you know? So I got, you know, actual credit for being a professional dancer all those years for my dance degree. Okay. But while I was there, I also had to do, you know, the English and the history and the, the math class. And... And writing was the one thing, and you know, usually I would be like, "Yay, writing!" But it was research writing, so which I didn't mind. Like, I don't have a thing about you know not doing research writing. But then I couldn't really think of anything that I really wanted to talk about except this event. So I thought that it would be a good thing to uh, try to do that while I researched the industry as and just combine it. It's like, this actually happened to me, and mm-hmm. this is this is the ideology that's behind it that I feel is important to look at.
0: And so we'll dig into the ideology. So when you wrote your story, like I said, you incorporated research. You actually quoted journalists, experts, who weighed in on the subject in politics and human rights. They all influenced everything that went into this. Um, the first thing that you talked about You discussed the concept of tear them down, rebuild. It's kind of, you know, how we describe it. But Klein was the author of the book called The Shock Doctrine. And I pulled out a quote that you wrote about. And I'll read that and I'll just let you elaborate on it. It says, Klein uses the case of Cameron, who believed that it could be possible to entirely wipe away the tainted personality of ailing patients to start anew. As an example of totalistic ideology and dehumanization, he called this method de-patterning. Without the knowledge or consent of the vulnerable patients, he drugged them and shocked them into infantile states where he became the master recreator of who they would become. Can you explain more about Cameron's research and his
1: experiments? Oh, yeah, Cameron, he's a fun one. <laughs> uh, there's a university, it's McGill University. And our agencies, like American agencies, like the CIA, for instance, They want to have information on how to brainwash people. They want to know how to do this. But of course, it's not a really good thing to do that to your own citizens. So sometimes they farm it out to um, international colleges as well. So McGill was participating in this. And this was in the 50s, if I'm not mistaken, 58. Like, this was even before Synodon. Okay. And... um, He was given money for this program where he was actually smashing people and trying to remake them because they had some flaw in their personality or something that was ailing them. didn't even have to be a big thing. It could be they were a little depressed. But whoever came to him got... Smashed literally, like he did things. The things that he did to them were the brainwashing techniques. He brainwashed them literally at, under the guise of therapy.
0: And it was a was it a funded research project, like government funded? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes yes, yes. yes. Okay.
1: Yes. Yes. So and human 58. experiments. Yes. 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 And that. Yeah. And and. I think that Synanon... I don't know, I don't I don't think that there's a direct connection between Chuck Dietrich and uh, Cameron. I don't think there's an actual direct connection, but I really don't know. I haven't researched that. to right. know, if one, the timing, about the other The
0: timing is interesting though
1: yeah. because Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it was that time where the CIA was doing um MK Ultra. This right. this is all like this is the real thing that they did that they were they conspired to do and did. It's right. A, it's a conspiracy because we tr- because they weren't telling anybody that they were doing this. Well, obviously, the, but it was real. They yes. didn't
0: disclose it. I mean, it was yes. done yes. without their knowledge, and which is unethical, yes. obviously, yes. and destructive. And, yes. But you you took this a little further, I wanted to do another quote. You you actually sure. said. Reading about Cameron brought me back to my own encounter, with shock and awe, as you put it. The behavior modification therapeutic model that Cameron utilized was not isolated. Here in the U.S., this has been an outright support for the therapeutic programs that aim to break and remake patients by inflicting punishment. So you could could you explain more about how Cameron's experiments actually applied to your experience in kids, how those same ideas were used in kids?
1: Well, without my knowing, I, well, (laughs) all right, what Cameron was doing was he was telling people he was treating them for their things that were bothering them like their ailments, their bad relationships, whatever was He was claiming to be a doctor, therapist, healer when he was really being a monster, Dr. Frankenstein. I'm taking you and torturing you and breaking you, and that's the method. Right. And basically that was the same thing Miller did. He told my parents he was going to fix this therapist, healer, you know, Someone who was interested in the welfare of children, and meanwhile, he wasn't. He just was a sadist who wanted to break you down and build you up as a conservative robot. It's the
0: same thing all over again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And go ahead. You know, I mean, I don't know the details. I mean I like I, you know, I think I, we'd have to go into the whole MK ultra thing right. to see the connections into the drug enforcement agencies that right. used to be prohibition agencies that didn't disintegrate instead became oh suddenly drugs are bad right. like before that nobody paid any the people you could just buy heroin over the counter you know
0: but right. so this is something <laughs> Like it would be a whole another podcast because it's so complex. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yes. Sorry, sorry. No, you're
0: fine. Floor. Um, there was something else. uh when Cameron was talking about regressing the kids to the infantile state, Could you that's give what it? they did to us, right? That's what they and did to there was us. very specific ways <laughs> that kids did this. Could you, like, you started to talk about the velveteen rabbit. Could you, like, explain how that was? part
1: of it the rabbit. It was like, uh, it was, a it was a show, the Newton show that evening and they read it to us and we were all crying and getting in touch with like this, like how wonderful we were when we were children and how childhood, I don't know. It was, it was just like, he wanted to bring us back. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, we we weren't allowed to eat our own food. I mean I mean no no wait a minute. We weren't allowed to choose our food. We weren't allowed to choose our bathroom time. We were watched going to the bathroom. It was just this whole stripping of how a normal human being functions. It was an infantilization that he was doing to us by taking away all our rights. Well
0: the thing about this book, it's meant for I looked this up. I actually looked it up on Amazon. That book is geared for the reading age 3, uh 3rd to, wait a minute, I got this wrong. Preschool to 2nd grade, ages 3 yes. to 7. That's what it was. Yeah. And this yeah, is yeah, reading yeah. this book to teenagers yes. and young adults.
1: Right. Who have to sing Zippity-Doo-Dah That's every day. That's the other part, the singing of the songs. Yeah. And like, I'm going to try to remember some of these songs. Hold on. Some of them were pop songs at the time. We are the world. We are the children. That one was going on. Okay. Was that going on during your time? Uh, no, that was
0: after my time, I think. Um, but Zippity Doodle was a big one. That that was like. Oh, remind me some songs. Let's see, shortening Bread, Grand Old Flag, Mama's Little Baby Like Shortnin, yep. Shortnin. short. Yep. Yep. Go ahead. What was the other um, one? Um. Grand old flag. Um, yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Grand old flag. I'm yes. To think.
0: Well, for us, it was straight as it. I don't know if they did yes. a version oh, of that. Yes. We at kids. had
1: "I Am Straight." Hear me roar. Yes,
0: we had that one they too. And
1: bastardized the feminist song.
0: Yes. So they had a lot of children's songs, and I guess
1: we'll call <laughs> and bastardized Christians like. uh like that was a feminist song I'm a woman hear me roar yeah. <laughs> they, they killed it for me <laughs>
0: right but the point is they, they were reducing you to childhood a variety of ways the the storytelling you know preschool age kids those kind of things making you sing zippity doodah children's songs and total control like you said of everything you did I mean and I found uh, I gotta find this quote Crap. There was Miller Newton. Okay. We explained in the beginning he used to be at Straight. When I went in Straight, it was 1984, and my parents got a bunch of materials and brochures. Well, I found some of these, and one of them was written by Miller Newton. So this is, and it said literally, he's explaining how he's infant. Infantizing everybody. Yep.
1: Infantilizing yep. the yep. yes.
0: It said the main objective of the therapeutic process is the reconstruction and revitalization of the family system. The term growing down is used in the program for relearning the child role in the family. End quote. He deliberately came out and said what he was doing. Yeah. Growing yeah. down is the yeah. same thing as infantilizing.
1: Yes. It's the same thing. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I I believe that these people knew what they were doing. Well, right there. They totally knew what they were doing. And they thought it was okay to do that and make money off of teenagers.
0: Yep. And that's what he did. I mean,
1: like, part of it is like that. It is that conservative ideology that says, I'm so morally superior to everyone. I... You know, and it's the free market. Who's going to tell me not to? Yeah, they, well, they felt
0: justified for sure in trying to change us into completely yeah. I mean, different people. The, I mean, this is all justified yeah. in head. Um, but I want to move on to another quote, because this one yeah. is another doozy. I mean, like I said, yes, your writing word. is... Yeah. It really says a lot. Um, okay, it said, Fragment, Fragmentation, disintegration... Unintegrating, breaking, fragmenting the postmodern condition, the condition of a broken psyche. I start here, but can't stay for long. Must keep moving in fits and starts. Always looking behind my shoulder, a hypervigilant, dissociated dancer. In this flying, flailing chaos, only breathing brings me back. What were you thinking about when you wrote that? Do you
1: remember? The shattering of my mind. Yeah. The shattering of my my feeling of like being a whole human. The the pl- Like the the, the 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 experience of watching bits of myself get Thrown into a garbage disposal, you know the 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 feeling of like feeling like they took my brain out and stuck it in a blender and poured it back in, and here I am. You know, The,
0: the part that really got to me was I start here, but I can't stay for long. Must keep moving.
1: It's like it's it's hard to it's hard to sit with that place of like. that feeling of not having a center, it's hard to, to, to acknowledge it mm-hmm. and to sit with it. It's hard to acknowledge it. It's hard to sit with it because...
0: So disregard okay. it and keep living. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Keep yeah, on dancing yeah, yeah, yeah. is what comes to my head. You just yeah, kept on dancing.
1: Yeah. I kept on dancing. I mean, thank goodness I kept on dancing I think I had a little bit of a case of the red shoes where probably I could have danced healthier, taken care of myself better. Right. Been more aware of bad power situations in that world. Right. But I don't feel like I had those resources because of what happens. Right. So you know, I did the best I could. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, we all did. You know, we all struggled. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, you said you started researching in the 90s, and that's when you discovered Hassan. Yes. And then, yes. in reading him, you discovered lifted.
1: Yes. So, yes. Yes. And yes, I, yes,
0: yes. I, I could never pronounce the word right, <laughs> um, but you wrote about, you singled this out. Let me... Um, Milieu control. That that word, yes. yes. You singled that out. Milieu is
1: environmental stuff. or, like petri dish control right you know we were put in like this petri dish of a warehouse mm-hmm. that was one of his criteria kind
0: of, that was an important criteria it's uh-huh. not reform oh That's yeah why
1: this matters so yeah. go ahead
0: and explain what that meant yes
1: that meant that you were plucked out of your life and suddenly you were in this petri dish of a warehouse where you had to abide by the rules the 100 rules of the warehouse. Uh, abide by them, not just abide by them, but know them all and say them every day. Uh, know what the program was, even though nobody ever explained to you what you were supposed to be doing. Like you were supposed to just like figure it out, you know? Yeah, this quote <laughs> from the millions
0: It said uh, the the control is maintained and expressed by intense group process, continuous communicate uh, psychological pressure. Sorry. In isolation by geographical distance, unavailability of transportation, or even physical restraint, often the group creates an increasingly intense sequence of events such as seminars, lectures, Uh and encounters, which makes leaving extremely difficult, both physically and psychologically. That's that's Uh exactly kids.
1: Yep, yep, yep. That was them. I mean, they were... It's like my, our parents paid for a cult, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah. You know, some people go without paying, but our parents pay for. It. All that right. A cult. Yeah. Yeah. The try to get them out of cults, <laughs> you know. Some people's parents take try to get them out of cults. Ours put us in. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> exactly. Um, well, this. There's another concept you brought up, which was another one. That I'm, I'm personally a big fan of how kids was Orwellian. Can you explain?
1: Oh, yeah. Like for me. Oh, yeah. 1984 thought crime. That, oh, my God. Yes.
0: Explain. Because I'm going to read your quotes real quick. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. We could not think outside the structure provided by the program. To do so required confession. After we had cleared or passed, we literally confessed thought crimes Thinking about things in a druggy way. In other words, druggy thoughts, that was thought crime. Can oh, you yeah. elaborate? Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally... Reading was
1: thought crime. You know? <laughs> Reading was thought crime, you know. <laughs> uh oh, I read the box of the cereal this morning.
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs> or I was thinking about my, my druggy boyfriend and yeah i'm having these druggy thoughts that i want to be with him again or just whatever there's so many yeah, yeah, ways yeah, yeah, yeah. it may Yes,
1: exactly yes yeah it's like what else were you doing except confessing like what could you possibly do wrong it's like <laughs> except you know food games like oh yeah i saved the best bite for last. Oh, no. <laughs> I have to
0: confess. Well, <laughs> it wasn't just con- confession was part of it, but weren't you like you had to empty your entire brain to the group? Everything
1: that went in yes. your head yes, had to be on the yes. flight for the whole group. Yes, 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 yes. And you had God to have forbid, this verbal diarrhea all over everybody constantly yep. in order to be considered program, program, advanceable. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like,
0: Totally. Is there any other ways you can think of how it was Orwellian? There's probably a million. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, like, sometimes, you know, somebody would be on the shit list for a long time, and they would be rebellious, and suddenly some magic would happen, and, like, the parts that we wouldn't see, and suddenly the senior staff would become interested in that person, and they would, like, push them and give them encouragement and get them off first phase, like, Weird shit like that would happen. <laughs> you know, like it, rules didn't really 100% apply for real. Like it was all like the hypocrisy was always there.
0: It, what, what do they call it? Double think? Yes. Yes. Double speak. Double speak. That's it. Okay. And, yes. and basically the truth was lies and lies was truth. That truth, was a yes. big theme throughout the whole yes. book. And that was totally yes. kids.
1: Yes. Because yes, 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 yes. You had to learn that rule. Yeah, exactly. You, you You had to. You and, had to. That and the, the lies were considered the truth. Honest. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So
0: there's a exactly. lot of ways that it was yes. really similar yes. to
1: 1984. Yes. Yes. And 1984 and um, uh, uh, Animal Farm. I did not. Read you know, that one, one but you minute it somebody up. would be like a, um, a fifth phaser. So the next minute they'd be, uh, you know, they'd be back on first phase with the rest of us. You know? Right. <laughs> like, the power kept shifting. <laughs> you know, there were all sorts of strange earthquake shifts that would happen that nobody knew why. But
0: <laughs> right. I'm going to get to one of your uh, one of the other concepts you talked to me a lot about predatory capitalism, because this does apply to kids. Um, It's basically profiting off the exploitation of the powerless. And I'm going to read another quote that you had in your uh, article that was... And then I'll let you talk about it. It says, ideological totalism, like fundamentalism, dehumanizes the other and is proliferated systematically to varying degrees. It manifests globally as the war on terror, terrorizing the less powerful while creating landfall profits for the elite... It manifests as torture perpetrated on the innocent. It manifests in the privatized prison industry. This dehumanizing ideology and methodology extends to the current strain of therapeutic tough love boot camps that thousands of young people find themselves in. You said you were just another victim of the unregulated free market that profits over exploitation of those stripped of all power in a statistic in a billion dollar industry. So how does, I mean, obviously it all relates. Could you explain more about predatory capitalism and how it applied to kids and the troubled teen industry?
1: Predatory capitalism. Predatory capitalism is when you have a free market and some people think they have moral support of superiority over other people there by not considering them fully human so in a free market people who think they're superior to other people because they have moral superiority they can make money off of people who they deem to be less morally superior to themselves. It's okay because they see us as a commodity instead of a human. They like. I'm not. I wasn't allowed to have an opinion. I wasn't allowed to be um, an active uh, agent in my own life. In this kind of like predatory thing, that it's like, oh, we're here to, we're gonna help you, but really, we're you're gonna give us your money, and we're going to, we're gonna like murder you psychically. You know, I mean. It's this is masquerading as hell, but I mean, the prison industry doesn't even masquerade that much, you know. Like, literally, there are people, there's a young man in New York, Khalif Browder. I want to say this because somebody, like, a cop picked him up and for, for, for thinking that he stole a backpack when he hadn't stolen a backpack, he was a fifteen-year-old. Uh-huh. They put him in Rikers prison. He was in the prison for three years because he could not afford bail as a fifteen-year-old. That was a private prison. That's that's our regular old prisons. Oh, the regular Rikers, prison, Rikers. Okay, like got like you. yeah. Okay, so sorry, it's not you know, it's we suffer from the predatory capitalism, but our whole society actually is suffering from it and not even aware that they're suffering from it because the money that goes to make the bombs to kill the people in iraq and to kill the people in syria and to kill the people wherever you know to give them to saudi arabia who kills the yemeni people that money that we close our eyes to and we don't Get, remember that those are people. Our countries making money off of that. That is predatory capitalism. It's not that different from what happened to us. And that, that's, I mean, there's that's exactly it. Sort of the
0: it's exactly the same. Because same
1: thing it's it's like this attitude of superiority where some humans feel like they could dehumanize people and make money off of them they can exploit vulnerable people but they just because they they are smarter or something they think
0: <laughs> they think they tell themselves they are helping and one and then this kind of also kind of blends into politics because as, as you remember in the 80s straight, Um, Well, the the drug war in general. Yeah. You had champions in the White House, Nancy Reagan. Oh, yeah. Can you elaborate on how that came about and what happened in the 80s? Oh, yeah. Well,
1: that was, was it around 85, 86? I have a feeling that she went to straight, not kids. I mean, no, she went, yeah, she went to one of the straights. She did three times.
0: She went to Florida. She went to Cincinnati and she went to Virginia.
1: She went to Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We heard about it. We heard about it in the group. Okay. My parents knew about it because somehow it had been part of whatever they had seen on the propaganda television at that time when they were playing Uh the thing. Like maybe it was part of one of the commercials. But... Basically, I mean, they had cronies. Okay, there was like money that was being made from the drug war overseas, with like the Sandinistas and the uh, um, Oliver North and the Nicaragua and, and yeah, right. Nicaragua and El Salvador. No, not El Salvador. I'm wrong about El Salvador. Oh um, no, I think Nicaragua and. Um, columbia for sure during that time and there was a lot of money to be made keeping the drugs out of the united states okay but they weren't really keeping the drugs out of the unit they were keeping some of the drugs out of the united states but the stuff that they confiscated like what did they do with all that you know right. they confiscated stuff and um How did I get here again? Well, they
0: were also making money off the rehabs that were a product of the drug war. And Nancy Reagan was the most famous champion of this.
1: Was. She was. She was. She was friends of Mel Sembler, the Semblers from the straight program. And the Semblers were involved with the Seed. And the Seed got money directly from the Republican National Committee, and, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But Sembler was also friends with George Bush. Yes. But, and so Yes. there were ties to the White House the entire time straight was open. and and when kids was open part of the time for kids it literally these programs for all these people that were doing what's the way you put it before helping and uh, they knew better the moral superiority you know they knew best and tortured us put us through hell and, and people like Sembler made a fortune off of it
1: totally totally made a fortune and was like lauded for being this wonderful ambassador, and yeah. him and his wife, right? Did yeah. they get, like, all sorts of, like, uh, nationally recognized awards and um, stuff? <laughs> I know
0: Betty has been awarded for something, but Sembler got two ambassadorships. One in, yes! One yes. in Australia and one for Italy.
1: We got psychically raped, and he got to go to Italy. Yeah,
0: and these <laughs> were know? rewards. These were rewards for two things, for straight and for being a big fundraiser for both. Because
1: Bush. he was, yes, exactly. He was a, a Republican fundraiser. Right. Uh, I mean, it, like, the, like. I don't know. if like the Democrats, I'm sure the Democrats are not innocent. I don't love the Democrats. I, you know, it's not like I'm, I have a deep love of the Democrats by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I just... It's hard for me to see that... I, I don't know. I, I need to know... Well, you, <laughs> I don't know. Somebody see. knows of the, the Democratic crap. I, I don't understand. Well, you <laughs> talked
0: to me about this. Because um, we're like, going, well, there's been attempts recently, or in the past 10, 15 years, to regulate the industry, which keeps failing. They keep reintroducing bills and nothing happens. Exactly. Part of it is because of Republican opposition. The other yep. part is you said the democrats were complacent they're not holding the republicans accountable they're not pushing it they're just letting it go it doesn't pass or however you, i'm not sure exactly how you explained it but could you elaborate yeah me on that?
1: um yeah i think the last big legislation that came through the congress what was that 2008 2009
0: there's been a lot of attempts i think yes this was the first there- time
1: yeah. Well, first of all, there's been a lot of attempts. <laughs> a, right. That That's, in and of itself is insane. Okay. Right. The, the industry I mean, needs, a, needs what's to be right about that. Is they should have stopped this with the first attempt. Like, why do they continue to allow this to go on?
0: Yeah. They they've actually Congress actually found thousands of cases of alleged abuse in the industry. That's the whole reason for this legislation. They're trying to regulate the industry to try to stop this.
1: Yes, and the Republicans won't let them.
0: They have a problem with bills that would tr- try to stop abuse, and it makes no sense. Yes, they
1: do. Well, it, since they have a problem with bills that stop abuse, what kind of a party is that?
0: It it makes you wonder. I mean, there's more to Republicans than this issue, but this particular issue is so troublesome. Like... To me, it always has been. Yes, I just don't yeah. understand. Well, anyway, I mean, I could go on and yeah, on about yeah. it, but... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, me, no, it's, I know. This we can is, go is just on about being like
0: a de- de- decent human being. It's really not even about being a Republican or Democrat. How do people yes. do this to other people?
1: Yes, 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 yes. No, yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. I only... F- the only thing is that this direct relationship to the Republican administration is very yeah. troublesome to me. Yeah, it, there's a history. I, I, per, personal history and also like, well, what is this Republican? The, you're saying that your party is, is OK with this continuing. Yep. You know, I mean, why why don't they vote against it? Like, this is, like, basic human rights abuse.
0: Right, exactly. It like, shouldn't be a partisan issue. It there shouldn't should be.
1: be a party that supports human rights abuse.
0: Whether they intend to <laughs> or know. not, that's kind of the effect, you know, by not being willing they, to they legislate. They have
1: all those things in front of them, all those testimonies in front of them. They have all those testimonies in front of them, and they did not vote for it. And it
0: keeps piling up. It, it It's still happening. It hasn't stopped. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. So. And I appreciate Paris uh, and her doing closing Provo Canyon as much as she can. And I hope that she like looks at the bigger picture and continues.
0: She, she did a protest. <laughs> it's not closed yet, but... She did a protest, and Paris actually just testified in Utah.
1: Yesterday, right? Yesterday, or the day yeah.
0: Before. I don't know. I didn't get to catch up with it yet, but, yeah. yeah. It's it's nice to see there are some higher-profile people starting to get involved, and maybe there's hope, Yeah. Hopefully that someday yeah. we can yeah. put a yeah. stop to the abuse.
1: Yes. Yeah, no, I hope so, because, you know, it was going on before I was there, and it's still going on now, so... You know, I mean, it's—it seems like it should go against all of our laws, and yet somehow it doesn't. I know. It makes no. Makes no sense. It feels like one of those um, insanities that we have to deal with. You know, it's—it's like no country should be able to do human rights abuses on its citizens that's that's kind of, right, right. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that, i mean isn't that what we claim <laughs> you know
0: uh, yeah i agree with you i maybe don't understand it together,
1: either maybe we all get together and we sue the government for allowing these things to happen I wish I knew. It's what like, the answer yo, you're was. supposed to be protecting our human rights abuse. You know, you're supposed to be protecting your citizens from human rights abuses. Yet this happens. What are you gonna do? How are you, how are you gonna stop this from happening?
0: Right. Well, we're we're about at the end. Uh, we could probably go on yeah. all day. You know, just yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You had you you quote you cited a lot of sources in your um your article, and we've talked about books. Um, first one, Help at Any Cost. Could you explain what that book was about? Because it does talk about kids.
1: Yes, I have it right here. Yay. I have bookmarks in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a real godsend. I don't even believe in Goddess There we go. It was Goddess <laughs> Right here is this book. I'm just trying to see if it's on the book jacket. 2006. yes, yeah. there
0: we. Go. Well, you remember off the top Anna. of your head what they wrote, what she wrote about kids?
1: Oh God, do I remember on the top of my head? Without hmm. saying
0: the last name, of course, but without saying her name. Was it Lou's story, Lulu. Yeah. Or Rebecca. I, well, I think they're both in there, aren't
1: they? But I maybe think, they are. Maybe yeah. they both are. They should. I mean.
0: Well, they were lawsuits.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, Part like, you know, when I read this, it was then that I remembered that there were people still there when I left. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it was coming to me, but, you know, getting into like the thickness of the book, you know, the, the concreteness of holding a book in front of you and reading it, that's when it really comes to you. It's like, oh, Oh, yeah. How did I forget that? You know, how did I forget that I left behind 159 people there who were my torturers, but were also tortured children? Uh Uh-huh.
0: The book reminded you of that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It definitely did. I mean, it was one of those wake-up moments of like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm talking about social activism, and I forgot. Like, <laughs> Well, you know, one of the people written
0: about sat next to you.
1: Yeah? You remember the person. I mean, I, re- I, I it's not like I ever forgot her. It's just I forgot that there were children who were trapped there, too. Did
0: you just didn't want to think about it. Until the book's in front I, I of you. could.
1: I felt like there was nobody there to help me unpack this shit.
0: Right. And the book helped. <laughs> it's like a. Yeah. There's a lot of survivors talk about how it helped them.
1: Oh, yeah. I was like, okay. All right. It wasn't. I'm not just crazy. Mm-mm.
0: Validating. The-
1: It was real. I was there, and here it is. Here's an adult, a normal adult, finally, like, saying this was bad. Right.
0: And the book also talks a little bit about other programs in the industry, but it devotes a lot of time to kids. Kids in Miller Newton and Straight,
1: actually. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. No, I, I mean yeah it was it was definitely like i, I felt like it, it was written for me kind of like the movie was made for me right you know? right what other this is resonated it was like boy did i need that um i have uh,
0: she's getting her books in case anybody's wondering yes.
1: <laughs> um I feel like this is a, a really good history book. It's Who Built America.
0: This is suggested reading by... That's, this, oh, God, I'm
1: going You say it really well, don't, don't you Vespina. worry. Yes, this was my book from school, actually. Okay. Uh, who Built America? Working People and the Nation's History. Cool. So, it's... uh, Who wrote this? Uh, it's the third edition is the one that All I read. Right. And, what else do you got? Uh, a lot of people wrote it, but that's a good one. Uh, capitalism and Slavery. Ah, yeah. Really one. And
0: Man's Worldly Goods. Story of the Wealth of Nations.
1: Nations, okay. yes. It breaks down why there's a first world. Okay. <laughs> and... Who didn't get paid so the okay. first world happen. Then I would say there's the uh, the Hassan book, of course. Oh, yeah. That's one mind I was control.
0: really interested in. Which one is this? Yeah.
1: Uh, the combating mind Occult mind control is the one that I haven't read the newest one, but I'm gonna I'm going to very soon. Um, but there there is also the the, the Lifton books for sure. Those are those are very interesting. What's
0: the one you <laughs> used in your article a lot?
1: Um, oh, the shock doctrine.
0: Oh no, um, yeah, but that's one book. But I meant the Lifton book. Um,
1: um, thought reform and where is it? Thought reform and totalistic. Totalist ideology, the philosophy of totalist ideology, okay. something like that. Okay. That yeah.
0: Lipton is highly recommended. I've I've come across yeah. him, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and he's he then there's him, and then and then you have to definitely look at the books about the drug war. One of them is Chasing the Scream by Johan Hari, uh-huh. where he talks about the roots of the drug war. Okay. And then there's uh, Gabor Mate in the realm of hungry ghosts. This is really, really good.
0: What What's that one about?
1: He's he talks about how even medicine has been it, turned into this industry where doctors can't even spend time with their people, and it's like okay. the whole um, mod. Of, like to 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 modify everything that's not the right word what is it uh monetize everything um how that uh really breaks the human soul and how we're a bunch of hungry ghosts because we are living in within the bounds of this and he he talks about how uh people who aren't well are criminalized in this system
0: okay Mm-hmm. And
1: he specifically talks about addiction as a, a malady of the soul, being treated as a criminal offense.
0: Which we that okay yeah that makes sense. Why? Yes, that totally relates to the kids yes. and straight right. I got gotcha. you. Yes,
1: and right. you know, hearing another humanist human talk about how humanity is failing it's it's uh failing in by monetizing everything right um and and criminalizing everything it's just it's it's good it's it's really really good strong information if you shame from your own brokenness
0: right which
1: i definitely say i have <laughs> <laughs> is that all the books um, no, there's also what's his face um van Der Kolk. oh oh wait a second yeah van Der Kolk. um what's his name <sighs> basil van Der Kolk, the body keeps score
0: okay i've heard about that one yeah i keep wanting to get it and i haven't gotten it yet yeah. but that's, and then, that's another highly recommended survivor book she's not the only yeah. one that recommends that one
1: yeah Yeah. and this one healing the tiger this is peter levine he's the one that's like there were people before peter levine that talked about the nervous system i mean this is one of the reasons why dance was good for me because it gave my nervous system something different to practice okay though you know i didn't necessarily think of it like that at the time but basically to change a ptsd nervous system you have to get the fear out of the nervous system and he talks about the shake that animals do when they have near-death experiences and how that's really stuck in your body if you didn't get to escape
0: it sounds like that kind of like the body keeps score kind of a similar concept okay yeah
1: and he was earlier than about
0: let A me see. Let me see the book again. The cock, um, I think. think it was called "Waking the Tiger."
1: Yes, "Waking the Tiger." Waking
0: the Tiger. Okay.
1: Yeah, and uh, he's Peter A. Levine.
0: Okay. Cool. Lots of good so, stuff to read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. Yeah. These are great. I mean, basically, yeah. So I I would say that, and I would also recommend any kind of body modalities that feel good to the person, whether it's yoga, martial arts, dance, body-oriented stuff is also a good way to uh, bring the nervous system into a lower gear. (laughs)
0: Like equilibrium.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, equilibrium. Okay. Well, I think. Equanimity. <laughs> we, we we strive for equanimity. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we
0: are at the end here. It's been three hours, which has been great. But like, um, we're going to wrap yeah. it up. Oh, God, I can't believe I just said that. That, by the way, was an expression in straight. Wrap it up. Yeah. I can't believe I just said that.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know I had forgotten it until yeah. you reminded
0: me that it was an expression in straight rap it's also a, it's also a theater expression it is it's just you know how in it's the program there's certain phrases yeah, like, yeah. triggers that that's a trigger anyway yeah. um, thank you for sharing with you us know. it was awesome <laughs> uh, and, likewise uh, um, and uh, for anyone listening I mentioned some links here and there I will post them when I post her podcast so they will be up you'll be able to find her story Thanks a lot.